Deplorable Nation, a podcast where your voices can be heard, where things that affect you and your family are important, because it's important to all of us. Every one of us matters and everybody has a voice. We're going to be bringing you news, current events, and throw in a lot of humor. And then you decide for yourself. Hello and welcome to another episode of Deplorable Nation. I'm your host, Deplorable Janet. This is episode number 50, Germ Terrain. And today I have a special guest. Welcome, Shannon from Creative Light Wellness. How the heck are you, my dear? Oh my gosh, I am so stoked. Can I just tell you, thank you so much for having me tonight. I have been skipping around all week, just excited that I get to hang out with you. I'm tickled pink that we finally got to hook up because uh, like we were going to do this a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And then when I got the nuke bomb dropped on me on Twitter, I had no access to get a hold of you yep. for a long time. <laughs> and I'm like, well, fuck. And that happened with so many people where I'm like, oh, my God, these would be really great shows. And now I don't have anyone's contact information. <laughs> Well, I am glad that we got to connect again because I think our topic is going to be on point tonight. So, absolutely. And it's going to be something that, you know, a couple of shows here and there like mention it, but they never go very much into detail about things. So, I'm excited that we are going to do this today because, hallelujah, it's going to be fantastic tying our topic to modern day and what's going on. Yes, so. they definitely have connection points. So tell me about you, my dear, because I like to know everyone's story. Sure. Well, um, I'm what they call a multi-potentialite. So I have a lot of varying passions and interests. Um, a lot of people can't really figure me out because I like to do a lot of different things. But probably my most favorite thing to do is study natural health. And so I received my doctor of naturopathy um, and I'm considered a certified natural health practitioner. One of the reasons being that I did not go to a school that was accredited under the government because they believe in Jesus. So, (laughs) (laughs) so they're not going to count me in, you know, in their practices and stuff, but I am currently working on getting board certified so that I can start serving people in truth. That's how I like to consider it. I think that's fantastic. And I'm so excited that you're on here because I had the discussion with um, one of my followers the other day. He's a very good friend. And you know, we talk every day. And so we're always talking about searching uh, for people that are naturopathic uh, medicine inclined or holistic health or anything like that in his area, which um, unfortunately for him, he lives in uh, California. Uh. And so uh, a lot of it is very, um, there's a lot of them but not a lot that I would recommend. So I was actually trying to help him find one the other day. So uh, that took a lot of digging. 
Yeah. And what, what I find is really difficult is to find somebody that you trust to help you with your own personal health that actually has the same beliefs or is at least aligned with you. Because I, I find that a lot of the medical doctors right now, I don't actually go to the doctor just because I know that they're going to be pushing vaccines. They're going to be pushing medicines on me. And that's just not my, my vibe or my jam. So it's very important to get a match with that person who's supposed to be helping you get healthier. You know, and I had that discussion um, on another podcast where they asked me like, who do you trust? And I'm like myself. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, I'm very in tune with listening to my own body. And for the most part, knowing what I need to do to make things better. Uh, I don't like relying on pretty much anyone in the medical community. And that's coming from someone that came from the medical community. Uh, I don't trust them. I don't believe in them. And I'm I don't want to be a lab rat. I I completely agree. And I actually have spent some time in that world as well. It's awful. It's suffocating, quite frankly. And, And that's one of my favorite things that I really love about you and just what I've heard of you on your podcasts and our interactions is that you have that gift of being able to really listen to your body because that's basically mm-hmm. what I'm about. I want to empower other people. Sorry, I live right by the airport. You can hear, probably hear the plane <laughs> going by. <laughs> You're coming um, to take me away. They are, and they do a lot of military uh, practices, so I'm always out there scoping it out, you know, like oh, suspicious yeah. of chemtrails and stuff. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I really want to empower people to take their own health back into their hands and stop giving it to the doctors and just saying, okay, treat me, tell me what's wrong. Because nine times out of 10, those doctors are throwing darts with a blindfold on. And so trusting yourself is so imperative. Yeah. And you know, one of my biggest pet peeves with the medical community, when a patient comes in to tell you something, so many doctors and even nurses are guilty of the fact that they don't listen to their patient. And then the doctor's favorite thing to say is, it's all in your head. You're imagining things because we've we've checked. I mean, we've ran, you know, all these thousands of dollars of tests and we can't find anything. So you must be nuts. Here's a referral to psych. Um, Go see the psychiatrist or psychologist because you must be depressed. Um, They're going to put you on medication because you're imagining stuff. And that's exactly, Uh, yeah. No. That's exactly what they do. It's so frustrating because, um, you know, I, I would argue it probably a lot is in our heads. However, there's there's a root cause to it. And I believe there is an emotional root to every single disease or issue that we're facing. But the mm-hmm. difference between what I do and what they do is they treat symptoms. And I look at root causes. I don't just go, oh, you have pain. Where is your pain? I say, well, let's look at maybe what's causing pain, like inflammation. Are you hydrated? Mm-hmm. You know, and looking right. at really might what be behind it rather than saying, oh, you crazy. You need to go see a psychiatrist now because people right now, they need uh, empowerment and they need somebody that's really got them and that wants to serve them and truly heal them. Because what we're looking at right now is a business and those people are 
treated like a number, thank you, next, go down to the psychiatrist down the corner. And those people now start to really truly believe that they have mental health issues. And Mm -hmm. that just kind of starts the degradation of their actual decline in their mental health. But there's so much that can be gained if we just empower people to take their, their health back. Right. And you know, it's so funny because it's a vicious cycle when that happens because you go to the doctor, they run all these tests, then you actually do get depressed and you do start to think it's in your head because they can't figure out what's wrong with you. And so you're spiraling spiraling in multiple different directions. And then the only cause of or the only course of treatment that that they suggest is here, here's some more medication, which in turn makes your symptoms worse. Yep. They just throw (laughs) pills at it. They just, and yes, and it just creates more and more symptoms. It'll put a bandaid on that symptom that it's addressing, but it's creating others on the side that they're going to address by throwing even more pills at it. And before you know it, you've got 24 pills that you're taking every day and you can't keep it straight. Then they want to assign a uh, pharmacist to try to help you sort through it all. And it's like, well, you did this. (laughs) How do you know it's not going to (laughs) interact? Exactly. And you know, what's funny too, is that a lot of pharmacists do not even catch that patients are allergic to things Mm -hmm. and they'll prescribe them something that they're allergic to. They'll, they'll fill the prescription. Yeah. And I'm just like, what, Whoa, wait yeah. a minute. And I've seen across <laughs> specialties from an internist to even a cardiologist. The mm-hmm. internist will put them on this particular drug. And then the cardiologist says, nope, I don't want you to be on that after they've done it for a couple weeks. I want you to be on this. And they just constantly are putting them on and taking them off and putting them on and right. taking them off. And it, it causes so much confusion. Now add age into the mix. And these poor right. people have no clue what to do. Right. And I think there's a lot of people that are in that particular situation where they want to better themselves and make their health better, but they don't know where to start. So in your profession, how do you suggest that somebody goes about uh, turning their life around as far as medical wise? Great question. Um, This is also one of my little soapboxes too. I truly believe primary care starts at home. It starts with us and there are natural physicians that we need to take into account. This health is not actually as complex as the Western medicine world makes it sound. So getting outside, breathing air and oxygen is one of the natural physicians. Getting Mm -hmm. sunlight, that's another natural physician. Water, getting plenty of uh, hydration, which is essentially half your body weight in ounces every single day. Um, Feeling the ground, you know, really making sure you're grounded because that helps your circadian rhythms. And all of those things coming together, sleep is another one, you know, all of that stuff is where I would start. And when I consult with a client, I actually, if it's in person, I take their pH test. And I check to see the internal environment, and then I'm able to kind of get them back into a balanced state. Because if they're not even balanced, any of the supplements that they're buying, they're just peeing that out. It's just expensive pee at that point. And so if you don't even know whether your intestines are absorbing the nutrients, then please don't go to Walmart to buy your multivitamin. Get something of quality, and then let's make sure that your body's actually taking it in so you're not just peeing out your money. Now, how would you test somebody's pH? 
I actually use saliva and urine and um, test the pH balance of that and get a series of numbers. And I look at the salts and the ureas in the in the urine. And that basically tells me if someone is alkaline or acidic. So if they have an alkaline internal environment, that means their body's pretty slow. Think constipation. Um, Mm -hmm. Their body just moves slower. And acidic people are really super fast. So basically, they're making room for their food the second that they eat the meal. (laughs) They're just right in the bathroom and making more room. And so um, to me, it's funny because some people think that's just efficiency. And I'm like, well, that ain't healthy. So you know, let's get you balanced so that, you know, you're, you're processing it properly. And I have to say that as a naturopath, I, I talk about poop all the time. And so people, they're, they I, always say, I like talking about poop. It's okay. I do too. In fact, <laughs> my husband's going to die when I tell you this because I have a poop rating. So when I have a really good one, I will text him like four or five of the poop emojis. And he knows that that's my scale. I, I don't have to say any words. <laughs> I just type in four little poops or five poops. And he knows that I had like a great one that was bordering on mystical. So, um, (laughs) and so people are always like, Oh, sorry to be TMI. I'm like, you know what? (laughs) This is all I do. I, you know, there's a proper kind of poop. And if we just talk about it now, let's just get comfortable with one another. Cause I'm going to be really getting invasive with my questions. (laughs) And you know what? I think that's so important that people don't understand, um, that that is a topic that does not uh, disturb me on any level. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's important when you're a health practitioner to ask patients about that. Yes. Because, uh, like you said, with your acid base balance, either uh, patients aren't going enough, they're going too much, um, it, it color makes a difference, yep. you know. And like I had a patient one time that came in, it was a young patient and they're like, it's always white. And I was like, whoa, whoa, how long has this been going on? That's a problem. That's a huge issue. I'm like, we need to like run tests now. Yep. And if it's black, it's a huge issue too. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. So so what would you tell somebody that maybe was like very acidic? Like, how do you fix that besides uh, sunlight and fresh air and water and all that stuff? Yeah, I would adjust their minerals. Um, So that basically shows that, you know, and and it's an obvious, I mean, you've talked about it in multiple uh, podcasts that we have a mineral deficient diet in our nation. And it that is probably one of the biggest pandemics or epidemics you could ever have above and beyond what happened last year. Um, so I would adjust calcium calcium first and foremost is kind of what moves them to the opposite side of that spectrum. So if balance is at zero in the middle of the line and acidic is far over to the left, um, then a certain type of calcium is going to bring them closer. And so I utilize muscle response testing because your body knows truth. And um, for those that don't know what muscle testing is, it's basically where you have the person hold the kind of calcium that you're going to give them and say, is this the right calcium for, you know, this person? And their mm-hmm. body will either move forward slightly or move backward. It's kind of like you have to watch them kind of from the side and their body floats forward or backwards depending on a yes or a no answer. What's incredible is that our bodies are so intuitive that our bodies know the truth and our bodies know what it needs. So when you say that you're very in tune with your body, I love to hear that because 
Um, you can muscle test things for yourself and know exactly how much you need. You can say, mm-hmm. do I need the recommended dose or do I need double dose of this? And your body mm-hmm. will move a certain direction. And I think we need to get to a point where we can trust that about right. our bodies because that's really what's going to move the dial. So um, then I, I work on magnesium. Magnesium is another mm-hmm. huge thing that I think so many people are deficient in if they get leg cramps at night or um, they can't sleep or restless leg syndrome. um, Magnesium is your friend. And I try to take magnesium every single day. I've got my kids on it. Uh, It's, it's probably one of the most important minerals to me. And it's just because we don't have it in our food and we need to supplement it. So can you take too much calcium or magnesium? Depending on the type of calcium you take, you can take a little too much and it'll swing you to the other side. That's why um, what I do is really we start very, very slowly. Uh, My system is not one of instant gratification like the Western medicine world is um, or the allopathic world, as they say. Uh, I like to start really, really slow and see how the body adjusts to it, because Mm -hmm. if the body is moving a little bit too quickly, then I've got to use a different kind of calcium to pull it back and try to get somewhere in the middle, which tells me that their internal state is balanced. And that's where they're going to start responding to anything else that happens. Um, So start with natural physicians, of course, and then let's pH test to figure out what the internal state is. And this is going to have a lot to do with what we talk about tonight, too. Um, once your internal state is is in that homeostasis or that balance, then you can pretty much guarantee that you're not going to be getting sick, not even a cold or, um, you know, a lot of people think that's a seasonal thing and it just makes me crazy. Um, mm-hmm. Colds are not seasonal. I haven't had right. one in a very long time. Um, and you don't have to get sick. And this, this even goes down to the quantum level. Um, I am a quantum physics geek. I hated science in high school, but now I'm just a total nerd for it. But, um, you know, a healthy person operates between a 62 to a 68 megahertz. So, you know, if you get a cold, you're probably operating at a 60 or below. Um, cancer sets in at about a 51, 52-ish level. And then as, as that volume, or excuse me, the vibration goes down, then that's about when death starts to set in. And actually death occurs before your body's at a zero. And just to put this into a little bit of perspective, canned food, if you eat you know, green beans or canned corn or something, that has a vibration of zero. So right. you're basically eating death. You're basically eating nothing, something with no nutritional value. It's not doing anything but filling your gut with uh, junk that just turns into poop, basically. So it's not even real. There's no nutrients left in it. Um, so again, I, I heal with food as well. And that's kind of where I end up getting once we get someone balanced is start working on their diet because that's where the vitamins are going to come into play. And Mm -hmm. I know if they are in that state of balance, that they are getting the nutrients from their food. And then we can, then we're talking, you know, then we can really get people back to health. I have seen people's skin change, change in like three days because they're eating healthier and right. they're gaining vibrancy. It does not take very long to do that. So, well, and this is going to sound maybe snotty to some people, but I don't look my age at all. And that is the question that I get all the time is like, there's no way, there's no way you're that old. And I'm like, 
mm, trust me, I am. But mm-hmm. I love fresh vegetables. I love herbs. Like I'm yeah. growing herbs and vegetables right now at my house. Um, I love stuff like that. And I drink ooh, gallons and gallons of water or yep. like, you know, I, I like tea, but I don't mm-hmm. drink anything with sweetener in it. Nothing like that. It's just straight. I like even dandelion tea and stuff Ooh, like that. Yes. It's very healthy. And yes. even making um, like a, a, I call it my special elixir, like in the, in the winter, like I'll, I'm not a big hot tea fan, but I'll have some in the winter when it's really cold mm-hmm. and I'll make like dandelion tea and put Perfect. Um, like herbs and stuff in it because it's it's a booster. It's an immune booster. Absolutely. And it's a, a, a natural detoxification. And I and, love stuff like that. Yeah. And the antioxidants in the tea, if you have a, like a green tea or a black tea base, depending, or even right. a white it's tea. It's black tea. Yep, yeah. There's, there's a lot of antioxidants in tea and that's what fights the free radicals that cause aging. And I actually have a juice that you drink just like one to two ounces at a time. It's called Ningxia Red. And it is such a high and powerful antioxidant juice beverage that I call it the fountain of youth. I actually Mm -hmm. helped a lady that was in her sixties one time. She had a mass on her liver and I was kind of helping her. She just, I was her supervisor actually in the day job. And she came to tell me she was going to take a lot of time off of work. And I had just started in my journey in natural health. I knew nothing, but I did know I was just starting out in in my um, essential oil journey. And I, I asked her, you know, have you ever tried anything beyond Western medicine? And I heard this voice in my head, in my right ear, no joke. That was, it was so freaky. I heard like somebody was standing next to me and they said, tell her about the oils. And I'm just kind of like, no, you know, like shut up. And she's talking and she's talking. (laughs) And then I hear the voice again and I'm like, freaking out. I'm like, no. And, um, she, she keeps talking and I heard it really loud. Like, you know, when your dad's mad at you and it's like, right. When they used three names, <laughs> I heard tell her and I was like, oh, okay, so have you ever heard of this? You know? So I got her on a protocol and, um, she started drinking this juice. So in five months, that mass completely was removed from her liver. She did not mm-hmm. have to have her liver cut out because that's where she was headed was to the Mayo Clinic. And um, the juice, because she had been drinking that every day and sometimes twice a day, it actually corrected her eyesight by two steps. And she's in her 60s. -hmm. So even eyesight can adjust and change the internal organs in our body when we're when they're given the right nutrition, they get vibrant again, and we can actually reverse aging. Absolutely. Oh, 100%. Now, I do have a question to ask you, because yeah. I know a lot of people, you know, there's so many diets out there and like, listen to the food pyramid, do this, do that. And I don't believe in the food pyramid. I think it's, uh, it was set up to make you sick. Um, because of the shit that's on it. And, you know, like the government's like, oh, don't eat eggs. They're terrible for you. Don't eat meat. Don't eat this. Don't eat that. What is your stance on eating meat? Should people only be vegetarian or is it okay for people to eat meat? Ooh, this is a great question. And I certainly have a lot of opinions about this one for sure. I would agree with you a thousand percent that the food pyramid is bad. It is. It was actually created to fatten cows. Um, So it was right after the Great Depression and this food pyramid comes out. Well, you know, they had been rationed on so many things 
And if you think about what do, what do farmers and ranchers use to fatten cows? Grain. Well, mm-hmm. grain is not all it's cracked up to be. And part of it is the genetically modified oh, crops, yes. right? right? So wheat back in biblical times used to grow one time a year was its full life cycle. And it would get about five to seven feet tall. Now mm-hmm. it only grows to about the height of your knee and they can produce it three times a year. And so right. because they've genetically modified it, the same with corn and um, a couple of other industries. And so that's just how they mass produce this. And they're pushing it and saying, eat the corn, um, which is the worst thing you can have that's genetically modified and eat this wheat. Again, it the wheat just makes us fat because Biblical wheat had more protein in it than it did mm-hmm. carb. And now it's a hundred percent carb. And they did that in a laboratory. So right. that's the first, that's the first part of your question there. And um, what was the second part of your question? I totally like, like is it. Is it okay to eat meat? Because oh, thank you. like their thing they're pushing now is everybody just has to be vegetarian. No, you and have I- to cut out everything else but uh fruits and vegetables. Um, and I would say stay far away from that. And I am actually a Bible girl. So I, I know a thing or two about the Bible. And um, probably one of the smartest eating plans I've ever heard, it's called Trim Healthy Mama. And um, it's it's a book out there and it's a cookbook and stuff. They really based a lot of their findings on what it says in the Bible. It talks about eating dairy, but it's not the processed dairy that we have now right. because they add a lot of sugar to milk. And so I will have organic half and half in my coffee every now and then, mm-hmm. just a little tiny bit, but I don't actually drink milk and I don't hardly eat cheese because of how it's processed. Um, but as far as meat goes, I believe if it's pure, like grass fed beef. Now I'm a Montana mm-hmm. girl, first of all. So y- you'll, you'll never, never hear me tell you not to eat meat um, because that's all I ever want to eat is meat. Like just give me a me nice too. steak. I'm totally that's good. Why, <laughs> that's why I wanted to ask you that question because yeah. I, I'm a meat eater. I love meat. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the uh, things that they're telling you are healthy are not um, the, the vegetables and mm-hmm. the fruits, uh, the fruits, are actually going to spike your sugar. And if your body's already balanced, you're fucked. Yep, absolutely. Oh, Sorry, 100%. that was, that was yep. really professional of me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I totally agree. And what, what the fruit actually, what fruit is actually intended to do is to cleanse you. So technically, if you're following the food combination rules, you only eat fruit in the morning and by itself because it will cleanse the intestinal path so that you can start putting more food in it for the day. And um, so the Bible is very clear about that, you know, we were given um, dominion over the earth and the the animals and the plants and all of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And so to me, I don't think that that is a mistake, whether people believe the Bible is real or mythological or whatever, it doesn't matter. It, it was, you know, man or the human race was put over that. And I do believe that there are vitamins and nutrients in it, especially red meat. Mm-hmm. Now that that being said, I don't eat red meat a lot. Um, I eat it maybe once or twice a month, honestly, because um, because of the way that the industry is right now, it's really, really difficult to get pure grass-fed beef. Now, my mm-hmm. next-door neighbor actually has a grass-fed beef farm. <laughs> so I just go next door and shop for my meat. Uh, and I'm very, very blessed in that. But um, you can't really go to the store and get pure meat. It, it just isn't, it's not easy to find. And now they are manufacturing meat 
And right. I cannot tell people enough, please don't do not do it. that. Please don't stop doing that. Don't be yep. that dumb. Don't be that dumb. <laughs> yeah, That's and the worst see, choice. I started seeing an issue with that because like I said, they came out with the food pyramid and then it was like, oh my God, eggs are bad. Oh my God, eggs are good. Oh, no, wait, they're bad. Nope, wait, they're good. Ah, shit. We don't know if they're good or bad. I Maybe you shouldn't eat them. And now the big push is, oh my God, no one eat meat. Everyone just eat fruits and vegetables. Be vegan. Don't Ugh. don't eat any kind of meat products or whatever. No, they want you to eat soy uh, to raise your estrogen levels, yep. especially boys uh, yep. taking tons of estrogen in uh, Starbucks, hello, and mm-hmm. all that other crap that they yes. have every day. And then in comes all these new health problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, cancers spiked. And I started noticing this change a really long time ago when I was practicing. And I was like, you know what? I'm like, this is crazy because like within a five-year period, like the amount of cancers spiked like 95%. Yeah. And even in young people. And I was like, oh, okay, wait a minute. And now everybody's on uh, SSRIs and all this other stuff, which those are not real super good for your body either. And so it's like all these things were leading to like increased health issues and everybody is pre-diabetic or diabetic. Um, Everybody uh, has a diabetes problem and everybody has a cholesterol issue. And I cannot tell you how many times I've heard from a doctor, you know, hun, you're pre-diabetic. Oh, wow, your cholesterol's high. You're going to have to take meds for both. And I'm like, "Mm, no, I'm not. Suck it, clown. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, sorry. And so I was telling the story before about... I took calcium mm-hmm. uh, plus D, and I literally sit outside all the time every day. Yep. Um, and I also took Metamucil, and I went back, and my cholesterol and stuff had dropped because you know you got to go for the blood work and crap like yep. that. It, when if you've had a history of something, and tell you because we have we have like zero naturopaths in our area, like at mm-hmm. all. <clears throat> Yeah. And anyway, I went back and they're like, oh my God, like your cholesterol dropped 195 points. And like, what are you doing? And I'm like, um, Metamucil and calcium plus D. And they're like, there's no way. Yep. And I'm like, yeah. And I still, I like cheese. I, cheese is my weakness. I do too. I do too. I cannot, um, I cannot put the cheese away. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I can put it away. That's a problem. That, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. No, that's one of those foods. Like if they said you have to give up um, like sweets or cheese, I would give up sweets in a heartbeat. Oh, me too. I but would I can't, eat cheese I can't over give a cookie up cheese. any day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And one of the things actually that lowers cholesterol, believe it or not, is the sun. Mm-hmm. So, and obviously we get vitamin D from the sun in the oh, yeah. same manner that plants um, go through photosynthesis. That is our photosynthesis when we go out into the sun. And you said it on a previous podcast. I remember talking about you talking about the sunscreen thing. Oh, mm-hmm. Lord, the biggest farce is sunscreen. Can I just right. say? 
Um, it's because the chemical is what causes the the crap that ends up happening to people. It, right. It's not the sun. I mean, we actually get vitamin D from the sun. And, you know, again, it's one of the natural physicians. Obviously, right. you can still burn in the sun. So if you can find a natural sunscreen that has maybe some zinc in it, um, that that's okay. And, you know, and I have natural sunscreen, but or how about this? Just spend 20 minutes in the sun and then jump in the shade for a little bit and, you know, yep. go back and forth. But it's, I think that's one of the big reasons why your cholesterol went down because you spend time outside and you're I getting do. fresh air. Oxygen and getting fresh oxygen into your bloodstream is so critical to removing toxins from your body as well. So, and it's so again, funny because a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to go outside because it's raining. It's gloomy. I have a, um, like a carport, a covered area that mm -hmm. uh, we don't park our cars in there. So we have like chairs and yeah. table and stuff set up out there. It's like a gazebo. And, <laughs> and I go outside. Yeah, it is. And I go outside even when it's raining. I just go outside and sit yep. because I hate um, being in a stuffy house. Yes. And I, I and I love um, like looking at nature and all the colors and stuff like that. And so even when I'm outside, even if I'm researching, I'm constantly like looking around, you know, and listening to like the wind blowing and all that stuff. I just have to be outside. Yeah. And, you know, look, if we look at what they are directing us to do, they being CDC and and other nonsensical groups like that, you know, they're trying to keep us distanced from one another, which that um, that's a vibrational thing. Our electromagnetic right. energies are mm -hmm. about six feet all around us. And so they bury you six feet under and, um, you know, stay away from each other because that actually could sink some vibrations because we're actually meant to be in relationship with one another, not apart from each other. And then right. stay inside. We, you know, in fact, domesticated animals actually are a lot less healthy than the wild ones because they're constantly inside breathing bad air and they're getting fed food that's not appropriate for what they need. Um, you know, maybe even getting fed the table scraps or whatever. So they don't live as long as some of the wild animals might live. So mm -hmm. being inside all the time is not good. And I always joke and say, you know, God put Adam and Eve in a garden for a reason. He didn't stick them in a cave or a hut. He put exactly. them in a garden. I mean, gar the, the plants give us oxygen and we're meant to be out there amongst that. Because again, that does have health implications for our body, breathing the air, getting the sunlight. And even if mm -hmm. the sun is um, covered a little bit with clouds, that doesn't mean that you're not getting some of the nutrients from it. Right. That's exactly right. And to me, I think also the visual stimulation is also highly yes. important Yep. Um, because you're getting pure visual stimulation and not something through uh, a blue screen or uh, filtered images or pixelated images or things yes. like that. You're you're actually getting pure visible energy, which also is a healing thing. Uh, tones are a healing thing, just like I yes. said, like listening to the wind, um, listening to the trees rustle, um, things like that. Those yes. are all very important to stimulate your body back into normal homeostasis or balance. Oh, Janet, you are like my spirit animal. I just love you. Yes, that's so true. And I, I'm very much into tones. Um, I listen to whole tones. In fact, in my office, I have it playing 24 seven. And I find that my, my animals, I have three dogs, um, 
And they, they come in here all the time just to kind of lay down and hang out because I think that they know that they feel good in here. It's like this right. room has such a great energy to it. It's the same being outside in nature. It's like why we want to go hiking. It's why we enjoy being outside. And then there's also the aspect of scent. There, The scent of pine trees and all of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, right. it is healing for us as well. Um, smelling pine can be basically, back, it's a antibacterial thing. So when you're smelling that out in nature, you're actually helping to get rid of bacteria in your body again, which ties into what we're going to talk about. Um, and so, uh, that's why it makes no sense to me when people say, Oh, stay inside, you know, the air is bad, whatever it, no, there, this is an ecosystem that's set up to constantly produce oxygen. And then mm-hmm. we feed it back with our carbon dioxide. Right. So, but they want to remove the, uh, carbon footprint from, uh, the planet which yep. means that your oxygenation oxidation rate is going to go down which means you're going to get sicker just yes. saying um yep. it's it's part of the earth's balance uh the earth has a homeostasis just like yes. we do as humans uh, because the earth and humans together are connected because we're all energy yes and yeah just saying absolutely so I, I gotta ask you one one silly question that popped into my head when you were talking about your pets. Um, Do you talk to your pets and sing to them? Oh my gosh. My kids would tell you I love my dogs more than them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They are my children. I have two wieners too. And I, man, I'll tell you the wiener jokes never get old for me. (laughs) She meant dogs. Yeah, I meant wiener dogs. <laughs> I have and two wieners. I have a big black one and I have a white boy wiener too. <laughs> so I'm not a racist. I, I just like the wieners, you know. Um, <laughs> and I'll send I'll send pictures of my dogs to people and be like, oop, wiener pick. You just saw my wieners. <laughs> um, seriously, I'm like a seventh grade girl. It never gets old. Oh my God, you're a goofball too. I love it. <laughs> yes, I do talk to my dogs all the time. Um, I probably talk to them a little too much in baby talk, but I I'll say goodbye to them when I'm leaving. I will say hello and get excited. I'm constantly talking to my dogs. Absolutely. They are members of my family for sure. Well, and the reason why I brought that up is because, um, I don't do that to just our pets. Um, I do that to animals outside. I was telling, which you know, Greg, my husband. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was telling him because he goes to bed a lot earlier than I do because of work. And so I was sitting outside last night and I was like, you know, out of the, my vision, I was like, oh, it must be a leaf on the driveway. And I look over and it's this like fluorescent green, like frog. And I was so excited because I was like, oh my God, I haven't seen a green one around here. And especially not one like that. It looked like some kind of like foreign tree frog or something. Nice. Had bright red eyes. And I'm sitting there and I hear something next to my chair and I'm like, okay, what's going on? And I look over and there's a toad on the other side of my chair. And I was like, hmm. Okay. And so I'm sitting there doing research for our show and I was like, talking to these, you know, talking to the toad, talking to the frog. And I get up to come inside for a minute to get a refill on tea. And there was, we have these things called Hellraiser um, salamanders. Okay. They're they're creepy as shit, but there was (laughs) one of those on the driveway. And so anyway, I'm talking to them. So we're sitting outside 
later this evening and I sent him pictures of all these animals that I was talking to last night. And then I got up and I went over to my vegetable garden and I started talking to my plants and he's like, just shaking his head. He's like, you're really one of a kind. He's like, really? You're talking to your plants. He's like, are you going to make up songs for them? Like you do the animals? (laughs) Oh yeah. No, I, I randomly bust out. It makes them happy. Yeah, yes. it makes them happy and they and they're healthier that way and I know that's weird but it's like um they're picking up your energy vibration. Yes. And it makes it makes your animals happy and healthy and it makes your plants happy and healthy. Absolutely and that's what I was just going to say it's totally an energy and vibration thing. I um the one plant I have managed to keep alive is a bamboo plant and I talk to my bamboo all the time and I gently remove the dust off of its leaves and I talk to it and I, my my family gets really annoyed, but I sing all the time. Singing truly brings me joy. Me I too. believe we were. I believe the earth was created by God singing it, not just speaking it into being. And yep. so we all have a unique song, just like our thumbprint. We have our energy. If you actually, some people have done this before, where they hook a human body up to um, in such a way that they can get it to produce sound. And everyone sings their own song. And it's dependent upon your vibration. If you're a high vibing type of person, where you are genuinely a positive person that's putting good out into the world, it's going to be a happier song and a, you know, a lovelier little Mm -hmm. ditty. And then of course, it's going to be a little bit rougher and harsher when it's the lower vibrations. And there is an experiment out there. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it was done by a Japanese scientist. And he did this experiment on water molecules where he basically put positive messages on one set of water vessels and negative messages. So he would put love, joy, hope, peace on these water jars. And then he'd put anger, hate, evil, you know, and, and negative connotated words. And then he froze them and he looked at the water crystals under a microscope, the water crystals that had all of the positive messaging on it looked like snowflakes and they were beautiful and soft and just very pleasing, um, shapes and, and, arrangements. And then the negative words looked like lightning bolts and harsh and jagged and sharp, you know? And so when what he found at the end of that study was that because those of us, even plants or animals, we all are made up mostly of water. Right. Think about, think about that. If, if even just having a word, like if we're wearing a word on our shirt, like this is how sensitive I get. If I'm wearing a word on my shirt, that is negative in any way, I truly believe it's bringing my vibration down. So I will not wear any negative words on my body. I won't wear them and I won't say them. And uh, because of that. So if you think about how people treat children, if you yell at a child or you're screaming at them, it causes trauma. It causes them to have issues when they grow up. But if you're gentle with them or if you speak love, and it goes for anybody really, if you empower them and love on people more, they're going to come up and rise up and ascend. And if you talk down to them, it's going to push them down and cause them to uh, revert, you know, and, and hide and just be a different thing than what they were created to be. And so that's, to me, that makes a lot of sense. If you're talking and singing to your plants, well, your plant is mostly water. Your plant actually is getting that love and emotion. That's why it does better mm-hmm. when you sing to it. And because of the positive energy and vibration, I a hundred percent am down for that. Yeah, absolutely. 
I'm so happy to hear you say that because he thinks I'm crazy. Nope. <laughs> nope. And in, I don't need a reason. A I'll just bust out in song, man. Like I'm the karaoke queen, but I'll just be outside and sing. Or actually one of my favorite things to do that embarrasses my husband is I run dance. So if I go out on a run and I'm listening to a tune that's just really got me vibing, I will start like dancing while I run. And it probably <laughs> looks like I have got ants in my pants or something, but I don't care. You know, I am like in the vibing moment right there. And honestly, I kind of like the fact that maybe my neighborhood is like, there's that one girl (laughs) that's dance running again. Look at her. She's so weird. And I just, I just think that is so funny to be that girl that does the weirdest thing while I'm exercising. But when I'm in the moment, I just don't care. I lose myself in it. And I'm totally fine. Because again, when we are vibing higher, the higher our vibration goes, it, um, disease is not going to be able to take root in our bodies. So the higher the vibration, it can't take root. So there is never any issues with me going crazy high vibration, (laughs) you know, just listening to those songs, um, entering into the spirit, you know, just real meditating, you know, doing anything like that. It's so good for us. And I think that's what really gets us in tune and causes a little bit more awakeness. If you know where I'm going with that. All those videos of you on YouTube, I'm going to have to search them out. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to start prancercising as a regular, <laughs> regular activity. <laughs> you, should, you should make your patients do that because it would make yeah. everyone very happy. Oh man. Let's just I get would, silly. <laughs> I would totally do that. So um, today we're, we're going to get into um, some different theories that have been introduced over the ages about um, your body, your health, uh, and and the state of being or state of things, I should say. Um, So which one do you think we should start with first? I think we should start with microzymian theory, which is the terrain theory. Okay. So go for it. What is that? Okay. Well, I'm going to start out by stating somewhat of a thesis by saying you do not catch a disease by getting a germ. And you can even transpose the word disease into a cold or the flu or whatever. You do not catch a disease by getting a germ. So let's debunk this once and for all. Germs are a normal part of the economy of this universe, right? Correct. Today, we are all hygienically obsessed, especially because of last year. Look at what 2020 did on that front with regards to hand sanitizer mania. We -hmm. try as hard as possible to get rid of germs, but we don't realize what we're doing. We're actually making ourselves sicker because we're, we're completely killing them off. Correct. So that, that starts the beginning about the difference between the microzymian theory, which is terrain theory versus germ theory, which we'll get to here in just a second. So um, the microzymian theory states that the germ is not the culprit, the environment is. So our biological terrain is made up of four parts. The first is pH balance, which we've talked about. Right. The second is the electric magnetic charge that we have because we are con- we're conductors uh, on right. the earth. Um, the third thing is our level of toxicity, which is all around us these days. And right. our the fourth piece of our biological terrain is nutritional status. So, um, and by the way, one critical symptom of diseased terrain is low oxygen. Mm-hmm. Sound familiar? 
Right. So when they're keeping us inside the house, mm. what are they doing? They're truly and, trying and to keep us wearing a mask, wearing yep. a mask 24-7 everywhere. Mm, and breathe, yep, breathing our own exhaust because there's it's low oxygen. So, um, so the function of germs is to destroy weakened dis- disease tissues. That's their original function. They're scavengers that feed at the site of a disease. So disease is there because of the internal environment of the body, and they're just doing what they were created to do, eating the detritus that the body produces. Isn't that kind of cool, though, like knowing your body has its own municipality with garbage collectors? Exactly. Yeah. If you look at the anatomy of a cell, it's like its own little city. There's walls, you know, there's in um, the military or the law enforcement that kill off the invaders and um, really study that at some point because it's it's like a quantum version of a municipality, really. So, so our, our cells are like the Vatican, basically. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, um, and, and we have our own spy organization in our cells, too. Exactly. So there you go. Yep. And so I'll give a little bit of a diagram or a picture um, to, to kind of help understand this. So a lot like flies or maggots or rats, they don't create the garbage, they just feed on it. So if you imagine your backyard, let's say you you allow your dogs to just shit everywhere. There's just poop everywhere in the yard. And pretty soon there's so many flies and maggots that you can't even be in your backyard anymore. It's so annoying. And you're like, God, I got to get rid of these flies. What's the first thing that you do? Do you go and grab a fly swatter and try to pick them off one by one? Or do you pick up the environment? Because the environment is what attracted these these flies. Um, And then the flies end up coming in large amounts. And then it just starts to become overridden. And and then it's chaos and anarchy, what is what happens. So um, if you take that picture and think about where this basically is is going is the terrain of the body is what determines whether a person gets sick or not. So again, with pH testing, that's what I'm determining is the state of the body and how um, how off balance is it? Because if it's truly really far off balance, we got to do something quick. Otherwise, it's it's the beginning of a slippery slope of things that could end up happening. So um, germs are attracted to that. And so people with a weak terrain is somebody that has a lot of garbage or toxins, let's say, inside the body. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of healthy animals in the wild. And like I said before, domesticated animals get sicker because of bad food or less good air. But it's important to understand that germs and cells both have very important and constructive roles in our bodies. You don't want to get rid of them. Your digestion cannot work without the microorganisms or the microzyma. Correct. So have you heard of probiotics or like, does anybody Absolutely. eat yogurt? <laughs> mm-hmm. Those are the good kinds of microorganisms that play an important role in helping us digest our food. So germs are not a bad thing in a lot of cases. The state your body is in due to the lifestyle choices we make, that's going to be what determines whether the germs get out of balance and disease state is created. Mm-hmm. So um, germs cleanse the human system and free it from accumulation accumulations of pathogenic and mucoid matter. So we're constantly right. breathing in like 14,000 germs and bacteria per hour. So if germs are so harmful, why aren't we all dead yet? Right. And the big point here is bacteria do not harm healthy cells. They only feed on the dead and decaying matter. So they're not the cause of disease. They're the result, much like the poop in the yard attracting all of the flies. So how it works in the body, um, there are three classes of cells. There's alpha cells, delta cells, and omega cells, if that sounds familiar to you. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, The alpha cells are going to be your perfect whole cells and the body has to manufacture those. The delta cells are the damaged or dead cells ready to be replaced. So when I analyze someone's pH balance, if their numbers are out of balance, then these delta cells are not leaving the body and that's a problem. So the dead cells, if they're not eliminated in 72 hours, the cells break down into 49 different kinds of salts. Mm -hmm. What salt does in the body is it can create too much electricity or damage. So kind of like, you know, if you got hit by a bolt of lightning, I mean, it's going to cause some damage because that's too much electricity going through your body. And the amount of salt we have in our body creates conductivity. So um, if you don't have enough salts, that's where you kind of are like a a Joe Biden. (laughs) Your lights are on, but no one's home. (laughs) I thought it was um, because he was sniffing bus salts. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or I guess if you're just a shill or a, an empty an empty shell of a person, that, <laughs> that could be too. Um, but salts are excess unusable minerals and proteins that are in the body. So when your salt is too high, the conductivity is higher, and that means your blood gets thicker. Yep. So when that happens, the body will never even try to rebuild or repair a worn out cell or, or a dead cell. You just pee those out, and then, but the body still has to make their alphas or the new cells. Now, the omega cells are the dead cells. They clump together and they remain in the tissue to the detriment of an organ or a tissue. And then you can imagine what happens from there when too much of that accumulates. Mm -hmm. So people that drink enough water, this is one example, people that drink enough water will have a different response because water flushes the system. Right. Um, Dry skin brushing is so, not only does it feel amazing, I don't know if you've ever done that before, but it is so imperative to having your skin function properly because your skin excretes all of the toxins. It's another way for toxins to come out of the body through sweat. Um, We pee out toxins as well. So all of those pathways through the body, as long as they're functioning properly, that's how we're going to get out those omega cells and the dead cells. Um, the thing that drives me nuts is the antiperspirant. Okay, guys, we are not meant to not sweat. We are supposed to sweat. And Mm -hmm. I do not really want to sweat if I haven't earned it, honestly. But it's very important to me that my my cells and my lymph glands are functioning properly. So I actually have a personal little sauna. It's hilarious. It's like this little box that you can you put a camp chair in it and you zip it up around your neck and you're just sitting in this little box, but you're just getting hit with all of this steam, this hot steam. And so that causes your body to sweat even more. So if you have a sauna or an infrared sauna, those are really, really good to be um, making sure to evacuate all of that excess stuff from the body. Mm-hmm. So um, part of having good health demands an, what we call an even exchange rate. So that means a new healthy cell is produced on frequency for every single old cell that's dying off. So whenever this exchange rate is off, it indicates there's a mineral problem. And that's where I start to you know, address that with calcium or magnesium. Then you've got sodium potassium balance. And that's, that's a really important one, especially for heart function. That's um, very important. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And healthy cells, your alpha cells cannot be created without minerals. And right now we're not getting it from our food. So we need to be getting it in another way so that we can repair and create healthy cells. It takes about 90 to 180 days to replace all of the cells in the body. And as we all know, the younger those cells are, the faster the change, which explains our ability to bounce back better from all things when we were younger But the older the cells are, the longer the change. So there is less room for deviation from a healthy lifestyle. So 
Let me say that again in a different way. There is less time for people to continue their poor lifestyle habits because their cells are not repairing fast enough to keep them in a state of health. So no matter how healthy someone thinks they are, the internal environment always tells the real story. So um, emotional, your mind and emotional state figures into this too. So negative thoughts are the number one toxin producers in the body. Amen. Thank you. Yes. It, this I feel is probably one of the most important things I could ever say. Negative thoughts will produce more toxins than anything else. So it, it can very much throw the body off balance. And then when you go to your Western medicine doctor who tells you to go see that psychiatrist, you just believe it. And, and it just continues to go downhill from there and your vibration lowers and then disease sets in and, and takes a physical route in your body. Right. And then you're just, but you're all but done at that point. So your cell phone warps the energies and throws those off. So yep. when you adjust your lifestyle, your numbers can come back into balance where the cell reproduction and correction comes into play. And it takes more energy to heal the body than it does just to maintain it. So if you're in, if you're really, really unhealthy now it's going to take time to get to that place of homeostasis where your body is in the maintenance portion, but then it'll take a little bit less to maintain it at that point. However, the older we are, the longer that's going to take because our bodies are organisms. And I heard you say this before too, Janet, that our bodies are supercomputers. Um, right. They are organic computers, which means Mr. Gates never did figure out properly <laughs> how to create the disease and take it away because we are not machines. We are organic right. computers. And so it's not the same. But all this to say the medical community believes the body is making a mistake. And that's where I think the biggest miss is when we're looking at allopathic medicine, the body does not make a mistake. It is constantly working to heal the person, whether right. it's at a fast or a slower rate, your body's always moving in that direction. So um, then we get to germ theory. Sorry, are we ready? <laughs> want to dive right into that? <laughs> I want, I want to mention one thing before we talk about the germ theory, because um, this to me is super interesting and it's called the uh, miasma theory or miasmatic yes. theory. Yes. It was the very first medical disease theory ever thought about practiced in literally every country. They still believe this to this day in a lot of like ancient Chinese medicine and stuff. Um Diseases caused by pollution. Hello, what's going on in the world today with all of the shit they uh, spray in the air and the cloud yeah. seeding and all this other crap that makes us have uh, storms when they're not really any present. Um, <laughs> so pollution can come in many forms. Um, it's polluted air, polluted water, uh, bad hygiene. And this was the case uh, way back in the day during the first industrial revolution, um, think about Nancy Pelosi's district right now <laughs> and how it is okay for you to literally shit anywhere that you want to in public. Um, back in the day, that was the big deal. Um, they didn't have indoor plumbing. Mm -hmm. um, people didn't take baths. They were very uh, unhygienic. They dumped uh, 
peeing poop out in the street. There was no sewer system. There was nothing like that. So, of course, when you have uh, toxins from your body that are being excreted through your urine and your feces, and then you throw it out your window onto the street below, and then it festers and the flies come. And they, you know, lay larvae or whatever, and then water's running down the street, and then your shit floats into the water supply. Sorry I'm being graphic here. but No, yeah, that's exactly what, that's yeah. That's the way it is. <clears throat> and so you're polluting not just your environment because it smells. And so think about, like, um, how your body reacts when you smell something that's very um, noxious to you. And it's like an offensive, overwhelming smell. Like me, if I smell Brussels sprouts, it makes me automatically want to hurl <laughs> um, on the floor, projectile vomit. Um, but, you know, think about your body's response to that. Your body gets sick. It tenses up. Your muscles cramp. Um, it, your stomach acids like boil and brew inside your stomach, you know, like a witch's yeah. cauldron. And so that is the theory behind that is that things in the environment themselves that were rotting or decaying, anything that was organic matter. So hello, carbon-based things. Yep. Um, that was the thing as that these unsanitary practices or uh, rotting plants, decaying uh, flesh, because you know, there was a lot of that kind of business going on too. Uh, leprosy, pustules, sores, et cetera, et cetera. Hello, first vaccinations in the world. Yep. That's where they came from. They were injecting cow pus into people. Um, and so this was practiced until like around 1890, when the Rockefeller family and the Carnegie Foundation stepped in to try to um, push that away. And then it made way for things, uh, thanks to um, Mr. Flexner, mm -hmm. where they were talking about um, inserting the world word pandemics or plagues or things like that into the normal common terminology for the medical system. And so it also brought in, um, was it really rotting, decaying, unsanitary conditions that make you sick or was it a contagion? Right. An invader. <laughs> and so that goes into germ theory because germ theory is what yes. replaced it. So tell people, what the hell is germ theory? So allow me to introduce you to a, a little Frenchman by the name of Louis Pasteur, which I think that name probably sounds familiar with a lot of people. Um, and this is the part that just kills me. Traditional Western medicine is based on Louis Pasteur's doctrine of germ theory. Now, Louis Pasteur was uh, born in 1822 and then died in 1895. So this is the time period that we're discussing. And his arch enemy, his rival was Antoine Bacham. And I'll get to him in a minute. So um, Louis Pasteur's main theory was the germ theory. And that states that a fixed species of microbes come from an external source and invade the body and are the first cause of infectious disease. 
Mm, so now weird. that I've talked, yeah, weird. What does that sound like? Um, so now that I've talked about how the body functions in terms of cellular production and the cycle of that and understanding what a, a germ's job really is, does that even sound like it makes sense to you? So this nope. concept, right, this concept asserts that unchanging types of bacteria cause specific diseases. And that was adopted by allopathic Western medicine, which is still believed today in 2021 mm -hmm. from 18, the 1880s. Mm -hmm. So this theory, as you said, was accepted by America's medical industrial complex formed by none other than J.D. Rockefeller. Right. And with, put in all of the colleges after yep. they booted out all of the naturopaths and holistic doctors who actually believed in the terrain theory because bingo. it makes more sense. Yep. Bingo. And he had a little help from his friends, Andrew Carnegie and Abraham Flexner, as you said. And so it really shouldn't be a surprise that this particular cartel of Western medicine was organized around the AMA, which is the mm. American Medical Association and also funded by the Rockefeller Foundation. <laughs> Weird, now, huh? Yeah, huh, strange. It just kind of keeps getting, it's like um, Lewis Carroll, curiouser and curiouser. It just keeps getting stranger here. It um, sounds like a package deal to me. Yeah. Oh, oh, yes. The package even, it grows beyond this too. So the AMA was formed by drug or pharmaceutical interests with the sole purpose of manipulating the legal system to destroy the homeopathic medicine profession. I'm not, I'm not pissed by that at all. If you can't hear mm -hmm. the anger in my voice, this system of allopathic Western medicine is controlled by pharmaceutical companies, which as you all know, includes a lot of insurance companies that you might also be familiar with, such as the FDA, the CDC and the NIH. But mm. wait, there's more. This theory also then paved the way for what Western medicine is most commonly known for, which you already said, and that's vaccination. So a man named Edward Jenner began the vaccination work in 1796. Okay, so here's here's the big the big push right here. So this was way before vitamins were even discovered and utilized as natural remedies, which coincides with JD Rockefeller's time, they were just discovering vitamins and the role vitamins play in health right around the 30s and 40s when he was effectively removing it from schools. Mm. So they weren't going to push that. And doesn't that also sound like, I mean, they're doing the same thing. We have the playbook. It's the same story. Wait, wait you mean like removing nutrition yes. from all of the curriculum to push only medications? Yep. And not how diet affects you? Weird. Exactly. Yep. And I, um, so I actually, in my day job, I, uh, manage clinics in the Western medicine world. And I onboarded a, a physician one time who is a very, he's younger than me, which that started getting a little surreal when the doctor doctors went to school for seven years and I was still older than them. But anyway, I onboarded him and I was talking to him about, um, kind of my lane and they're much more integrative now as they're going through schools because they're learning how to be collaborative and work with other specialties and stuff. But one of the things I did specifically talk to him about was diet. And I said, hey, did you ever take any classes on diet and nutrition? Because in my head, I'm thinking, oh, by now they've had to, they had to have added that back in somewhere. And he said, no, honestly, we did, we don't do that at all. He said, exactly. I probably, probably did two hours of it. And, and he didn't mean like two credit hours. No, it was two, two total hours, hours total. on the clock. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah. And so it's still gone. And so the, the big farce is they just, um, 
refer you to a dietitian who, guess what they preach? The food pyramid. So it's, exactly. it's feeding itself. Yeah. This whole industry is feeding itself. So you here's mean, a- wait, you mean um, actual registered dietitians <clears throat> who are, uh, patients are referred to them who are diabetic. Yep. Uh, so they can learn how to eat better are pushing the food pyramid, which is full of sugars. Yep. Mm. And it's not doing them any good, but it is feeding the Western medicine system, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's it's keeping it them in, in the money. Um, and the more, payers more are meds. who's paying it. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And the thing that kills me about this is that Edward Jenner did all of this vaccination stuff back in 1796. Mm-hmm. And and we are still believing that now in with all of the things we've discovered, the discovery of vitamins occurred. And we still I mean, we're still basing our belief system. I shouldn't say our because it's not mine, but the allopathic belief system from 1796. And he, like you said, took the pus out of the running sores on sick cows yes. and then injected them into the blood of his patients. Right. And Pasteur's theory, this germ theory was behind his action. And that's mm-hmm. what the entire vaccination industry is based upon. So, well, and, and that is when, um, like when Pasteur was doing all this work, he's the one that, uh, you know, was famous for quote fermentation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he was really big into politics. So he was really involved in the, in the drug market and in the vaccine market. And this is when the words infectious and virus were introduced into terminology for modern day medicine. All to inflate his theory because what happened was is Antoine Basham had all of the belief of the um, well-known physicians at the time. Antoine Basham was an MD and a, a bacteriologist. Pasteur was a chemist who actually did not have any education in life sciences whatsoever. Right. So Pasteur plagiarized Basham's work, twisted it just enough to make it look like it supported his own theory, and then he submitted it to the French Academy of Medicine so that it looked like it was his own work. So a lot of the stuff was plagiarized so that it sounded legit, but he put his own spin on it. So wait a minute, like the same Louis Pasteur who was credited for creating the Petri dish of which was not his. Yep. um, Because that was actually his assistant named Petri that came up with a testing thing on agar plates, uh, which is for people that don't know, because I know that's a little over some people's heads. uh, It's when they uh, rub swabs onto this plate. It's like a gelatin based type thing. um, And that's how they grow quote viruses or bacteria in labs. Yes. Just and and what's really ironic is that initially when um, Jenner was infecting his patients with the pus, um, the sore pus, what, there was no scientific process completed. He just literally had this thought, ooh, I shall take this disgusting festering sore and stick it into this healthy patient. And there was no p- hypothesis. There was no process completed. It was just straight to testing. And they skipped over animal testing in that part. However, Louis... Uh, Pasteur is known for creating testing on animals. So for those of you that are sensitive about how they do that, and that and you don't like how they actually, you know, hurt animals in order to test on them, you can thank Mr. Pasteur for that one too, because he was behind all of that. 
So, and, um, and you know, it's funny um, that in their particular field of work, uh, Pasteur stole a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Koch was also involved. Hello, Koch brothers. Yep. yep. Um, Koch stole a lot of research and things as well. Hmm. Does anybody remember Dr. Fauci stealing <laughs> a bunch of AIDS yes. research or uh, creating issues with uh, Factor Eight and MMR? Oh, I'm sorry. I guess this germ theory thing means that you have to steal other people's work and twist it and use it as your own. And weirdly enough, you mentioned not testing uh, things that you put out to the public. Yeah. What else was not actually Hmm, tested before they did it? That's really weird. We just kind of like skipped because, you know, they've been working on these mRNA vaccinations for Mm -hmm. a very long time and they couldn't advance them forward because they've always failed animal trials. Hmm. Weird. It's all just to support their narrative of germ theory and and to continue to support what they're trying to push and what what message they're trying to send out to the world. Exactly. Hey, I gotta I gotta mention uh, one thing about Mr. Pasteur, who you know everybody credits as being such a wonderful person. Um, you know when a woman has a baby. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes she gets sick postpartum, oh, uh, yes. spikes of fever and stuff. Yep. It's called a puerperal, you know, infection. Mm-hmm. And so he, and his absolute brilliance, thought that fevers and postpartum infections were only caused by pathogens and should be treated with boric acid. Uh, <laughs> acid. That makes me cringe. Yeah. Acid burns. Okay, now let me tell you a little story. Your body will spike a fever mm-hmm. for a lot of different reasons. Yes. I personally spike a fever when I get a migraine. Mm-hmm. Every time. It never fails. It doesn't mean I have worms in my brain or <laughs> any kind of invading toxin right. uh, or toxin pathogen yeast or anything like that. It just means that my body is trying to put myself back in homeostasis. Yes. Because they know that my blood pressure raises um, and all kinds of other things happen in your body when you have a migraine. Fever is my way of the body telling me, okay, we're going to kick this. We're going to get rid of it. That's why people think I'm insane. When I get a migraine, I don't take anything for it. No, No I love you for saying that. No matter how bad it is. And here's here's a tip. Um, People may have heard me mention this before. I get them so bad that it affects my vision and mm-hmm. um, all those things. I have certain smells that set me off, so we eliminate those. I don't have that kind of stuff in the house. Okay. Um, but when I get a migraine, and if it's really bad, really, really dark, quiet room, mm-hmm. um, because it puts me in simper, uh, uh, sem- sensory deprivation. Yes. Okay. Um, that is number one. If that is not helping, and I have one of those where even my hair hurts, mm-hmm. a hot hair dryer in my ear 
works for me every time. Every time. Interesting. Wow. I have never heard of that. That is mm-hmm. really cool though. And you know, and that's, I a hundred percent agree with you on the fever thing. I, um, I'm not in the business of giving fever reducer to my kids or myself or otherwise, because nope. that's your body saying functioning properly. In fact, right. when, you know, you see mm-hmm. your kids suffering and it's just like, I know this sucks so bad right now. And I'm sorry right. for that. However, let's just be in gratitude right now that your body's functioning the way it's supposed to, because your body's defending itself right now. Right. And the only time I would ever do that is if it got really high, which my kids don't get sick. Um, so we don't really experience that and never really have. I've never had, they've never had like 104 or above, you know? Right. Um, and even at 103, I think that's like, it can help itself, like just leave it alone. Um, but it's just to kind of relieve a little bit to give them some comfort. And that's all the fever reducer would be, you know, if, if somebody had a truly high fever, Right. Uh, apart from the fact you should probably just get them into the ER if it gets bad enough. But, um, but I, I'm just like fever is actually a natural way of of your body fighting something or healing itself. It right. stokes the healing fire, and that's why it should just be left alone. And there's a lot of traditional Chinese medicine that talks about how to address that too. Yeah. So, and you know, the one thing that's always a good rule of thumb for parents, especially, um, it's not necessarily how high the fever goes; mm-hmm. it's how fast it gets there. Yeah. And so um, you need to make sure that you still push water. Do not give, do not give your kids sugary shit. Don't give them, don't give them uh, Pedialyte and crap like that. It's full of sugar. Um, Gatorade is full of sugar. Don't do that shit. Water. I don't even let my kids drink that now. (laughs) Yeah, no. And we don't, we don't drink anything like that. We don't, we don't do uh, any kind of soda pop or, you know, whatever, whatever the term people want to use, soda or pop. So I'll say both. Yeah. Soda um, pop. <laughs> cola, anything like that. Um, we don't have any of that stuff in our house. But anytime you get a fever, you should always only use water. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm telling you, that is your body's way of putting itself back to where it's supposed to be yes. without you needing to give medication that is going to permanently fuck up your liver. Yeah. You end up just prolonging it. And because if yeah. you're suppressing what the body's trying to do, it's going to take longer to fight whatever it is that your body's fighting. And your 100%. body is intuitive and knows what the hell it's doing. So leave it alone mm-hmm. and just get rest. And, you know, like you said, sensory deprivation, do yep. whatever you have to do, hot hairdryer in the ear, whatever's going to work to to give you that comfort. But otherwise, just leave it alone because your body knows how to heal itself. So So Mr. Pasteur, one more quick point too. mm -hmm. another evil that he is of this modern age that was founded upon his germ theory belief is antibiotics. So Mm -hmm. the very name itself tells you that they're meant to destroy life. It means against life. And penicillin was the first in 1940. So Mm -hmm. antibiotics are the poisonous waste from one germ type in the attempt to kill another one. Right. Which makes zero sense. Mm -hmm. Um, and one of the worst things that you can do on the face of the planet is to overprescribe, overuse antibiotics, because when you do that, you are killing your natural bacterial flora. 
that is in your intestines that is linked um, in your gut brain biome, which is where your body stays healthy. You have to have the healthy bacteria in your body to stay healthy and to create uh, that homeostasis and that balance for your body system. It's called gut-brain balance. And when you take antibiotics, you are destroying the natural bacteria and leaving yourself open to disease and infection. And my son was born uh, with a medical condition that we discovered when he was 29 days old. And then he ended up, we managed his condition for about seven years before the specialist was like, this isn't getting better. It's not healing itself. He's lived long enough with this. So he ended up having to have a surgery at the Denver Children's Hospital um, to correct it. And it, it turned out to be a structural issue, but he was on sulfameth drugs, antibiotics for for seven years. So honestly, that's how I got into natural healthcare. I was so pissed from early, early on that um, with Western medicine, because I felt like they were throwing darts blindfolded and and they just, they never could tell me what was afflicting my child. And I, I only wanted answers. If that sounds familiar, I only wanted answers and they couldn't give it. They could only guess. Well, I got so pissed. I'm like, I'm going to figure this out my damn self. So that's what actually turned me towards natural health. And um, over the years, like I started to learn more and more. Well, you can bet your bottom dollar that he's been on probiotics every single damn day from that point on. And he's almost 14 now. So he's been seven years away from um, because he was able to get off the antibiotics after his surgery. And he was fine. And I literally had people say to me, it look he looks brighter. Like it looks like something lifted off of him. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, he was under drugs. And that the um, root word of the word pharmacopoeia is witchcraft. Right. So it's literal control of the body. And so whenever you're under medication of any kind, there's control happening over your body. And so um, my poor child, that's why I talk about poop all the time, because he had a slower system as a result. Right. So I have been pumping him full of probiotics. I make him take ana- or excuse me, magnesium at night um, because I know that that's going to help relax his muscle state and you know help the intestines with their peristalsis the way that mm-hmm. you know the way that it um, makes all of the stuff move through the body. And so he's been my little guinea pig. But I'll tell you, my kids are not sick. They have not missed one day of school in this last school year, even being around the the COVID as I call it. My husband and I both had it. Um, my kids didn't get it. And we didn't, we didn't really like keep them away from us. I mean, we stayed Mm -hmm. home, we were respectful. So we didn't smear it around. But like, uh, our kids did not get it living in the same house as us. And so that that kind of speaks to the the types of things that that we do in my household in terms of keeping our immune system strong. Um, They may not like it. But I always tell them, you know, one of these days, you're going to come back and thank me, because I made you drink this stuff and it's elderberry syrup. They just can't stand the taste of it. But um, yeah, (laughs) it's real strong. (laughs) I was going to say, I kind of second that notion. (laughs) Yeah. But um, I told my husband too, because he's a law enforcement officer. And so um, he had a rookie one time and it was right when COVID broke out and he was going to come home for something. And I, and I was like, you bring that rookie in my house and he's going to get vitamins too. And it wasn't because I was afraid that they were going to pass something to me. It was more like, I can't have somebody in 
in my house and me not try to protect them. So I, I made his rookie take vitamin B, vitamin D, vitamin C. I made him take that Ningxia red juice and I made him drink that elderberry syrup. And it was so funny. All he could smell for the rest of the night was elderberry syrup. And my husband said, hey, at least it's better than smelling a dead body. <laughs> oh my God, that is so true. <laughs> I got, so, I got hacks for that too. I'm telling yep. you. Yeah, oh man. Well, yeah. And I luckily have not had to um, experience that, but oh, it, it's just funny. Like you come to my house, you'll get taken care of, but maybe not in the way you think. <laughs> but so let me ask you a question being that had, he had a problem, um, when he was born, your son mm-hmm. and, um, I'm assuming it was, uh, definitely a bowel issue. It was actually kidney. Oh, it was kidney issue. But it was all hooked to like the urinary and bowel system. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So I was going to say um, something that's helpful for some people, uh, because I know a lot of people have a naturally slow peristalsis, which mm-hmm. is what um, it's the natural squeezing motion of your body yes. to be um, like all of your muscles have peristalsis. In every system, but it's especially important uh, in your intestinal system because that is what squeezes and moves your poo out yes. for processing. Um, and so, do you ever use like uh, abdominal massage? Yeah, actually, I do have my um, license in massage therapy, so I have done that on him quite often. And I actually utilize essential oils as well. So mm-hmm. there's, um, you know, peppermint on the belly oh, is really, really I love, good. I love peppermint. Yeah. And actually, have you ever heard of the Vitaflex points on the hands and the feet too? Yes. Um, so there's the map of the entire body on your hands and your feet and your feet right. have the biggest pores in your body. So if you're using essential oils, you just um, get to where the intestinal spots are on the bottom of the feet mm-hmm. and you rub the, uh, the oil right there as well. So if it's painful for any reason and they don't want you to touch their abdomen because that happened a couple times too. Um, I would just go to the feet and utilize either there's one called digize that really helps digestion and then, um, peppermint. And, and I would just put it on the bottom of his feet because that goes straight to the intestines and starts to work through the pores of the feet. It's incredible. And you can also do that on the hands as well. And so, yeah, I, I have done that, um, since, well, shoot, since my son was born, because that was really what spurred me to, to study this stuff. And so, mm-hmm. I have really only used essential oils as quote unquote medicines for my kids and my mm-hmm. family. And we went the first year that I was involved in it, my son was almost one. Um, and we went from multiple sick visit doctor visits a year to one kid had one visit in the course of the first 12 months that I was doing it. Mm-hmm. And that's, and we've never been healthier. I'm telling you, we have never been healthier since we have switched and chosen a different modality. And I just feel like the truth just kept being revealed to me that Mm -hmm. the pathway that I'm on is truth for the body. And so that's why I I fully believe in what I'm doing. And I, I just believe that there's a different way. And the way that the entire world handled COVID I know there's going to be a mass exodus from Western medicine and people are going to be looking for an answer because they're going to say, this is all, this is horseshit what they're doing out here. And they're going to start waking up and going, wait a second, I've been allowing this for so long. I need to find another way. 
And I want to be available to help people find that because that's sort of my way of red pilling or black pilling or blue pill or pill. Mm-hmm. Let's just call it pilling people. Um, <laughs> any, any kind of pill for people. Yes. That, that's my that way of pharmacology. Absolutely. That's my way of spreading truth and getting people even to the point of the political stuff, because it all ties together. It's like you can wake people up in varying stages in varying industries. And, you know, so if it starts with their own natural health crisis um, awakening, then that's where it starts. And then it'll start to spread and they'll see how big it goes throughout the world. And it's true. And there's so many um, modalities that you can tie into um, holistic healing or naturopathic health um, that will help you to heal yourself. Yes. Um, even like self-massage. I know that sounds weird. Uh, some people want them, uh, want to have somebody do things for you. Uh, mm-hmm. Your muscles will get sore spots called trigger points. Yes. Um, you can actually use a hard surface and a hard object and get that trigger point out of your system by yourself. A tennis so you, ball. <laughs> yeah. So you, I used grill spray a while ago. Nice. <laughs> a, can of, a can of grill spray. Cause I was like, whatever works. Uh, yeah. I was like, man, I need some like super duper pressure and I'm going to, I'm going to put this back there and lean on this as hard as I can. And yes. you know what? That is another thing that you can do uh, for migraine pain mm-hmm. uh, is to know what trigger points are inflamed yes. and to take care of those. Another thing, and I don't know if you have experienced this yet, is the fascia, fascia work. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. The, the little fascia blaster that I have, um, you can you can do that over the scalp. There's a small one that's made for the face uh, yes. the facial fascia, facial fascia. Um, <laughs> Say that and you 12 can, times Yeah, fast. right. And you can put, you can do it over your head. And basically what that does is the fascia is the tissue that wraps all of our muscles. And over right. time, when we're, when we run or exercise or do something that really kind of jacks our body, um, causing us to have, you know, have to go to the chiropractor or whatever that, that pulls the fascia kind of like, think of it like pulling a spider web. When you pull one corner of it, the whole thing jacks. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's kind of how fascia wraps around our body. So if you warm the fascia and you use the, a tool, it doesn't even really matter. There's, there's a lot of different things out there, but if you use the friction, the cross fiber friction, um, which is something that massage therapists are trained to do, but you can really do it yourself if you get a fascia blaster tool. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you can spread that fascia back out and ladies, it gets rid of the hail damage because that is what causes our dimples. It is actually (laughs) tight fascia squeezing fat and having little dimples of fat pop through it. (laughs) And so when you spread that back out, it reduces our hail damage. So we can use it to be pretty. Um, you can use it though. Um, if you have a locked shoulder, you can use it for migraines. Yep. You can use it to look younger. Honestly, that's what I do over my forehead wrinkles. <laughs> I try to smooth those out, uh, you know, once a month or two. So, um, but you can, you can truly do that. You can have a massage therapist do it for you, of course, but uh, you, it's something that you can do on your own as well. And the best way to do it is following a sauna. So you get all that sweat pouring out of your body and your, mm-hmm. your muscles and your body's all warm. And then when you apply the friction, it's the fascia is able to spread without pain a lot easier. Yep. yep. 
Amen to that. So I got to bring up something real quick um, back on Mr. Robert Koch. Yeah. That was, that was uh, also a big political uh, momo like Louis Pasteur. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was another German scientist. Of course, they credited him for using uh, or being the father of microbiology and all this other crap. Well, he discovered, quote, anthrax, mm-hmm. which is where the, quote, anthrax vaccination came from. That, of course, we had to mass widely spread test on our military first. Um, and then, hello, uh, a lot of population, older population, have also had an anthrax vaccine. Weird. Uh, so, but but listen to this, Mr. Koch. Um, and I know a lot of people uh, are like, oh, well, it's all coincidence. Um, Mr. Koch was actually a scientist with the SS. Okay. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. Right? Yeah. So- Super. Uh, he came up with postulates. Actually, he didn't. He stole them from his, from his assistant again, Mr. <laughs> Friedrich Loeffler. So this is what they state. And I want people to understand how fucked up um, our modern day history is because uh, you cannot di- diagnose someone, wink, wink, Um, Mm -hmm. with bacteria or uh, yeast or anything like that without thinking about cautious postulates. Mm -hmm. They teach this in medical school, which is is fucked up. Organisms must always be present in every case of the disease, did not in healthy people. Well, bingo. No shit. (laughs) Um, Number two, organisms must be isolated from diseased individuals and grown in a pure culture. (laughs) Petri dish that was Mm -hmm. developed by someone else that (laughs) another fellow scientist took credit for. Yeah. Um, The pure culture must cause the same disease when inoculated Uh. into healthy, susceptible people. Weird, kind of like the coronavirus, right? It's or been any, a plan. <laughs> any of our other vaccinations where you actually take a disease and you give it to a healthy person. Yep. Basically, so you can study them and yep. see if they get sick too, which is exactly what they did with the smallpox. Uh, exactly what they did with polio, exactly what they've done with chickenpox and every other vaccine yep. in history that was started when they did away with the actual theories that make sense. And the thing is that that just gets me is that they still believe it today, or I should say they're still pushing that today and people are buying what they're selling. And that's what just kills me. It's like after all of the discoveries we've had and all of the technology that we have, we're still believing in some archaic theory, you know, which is, which is truly making people sick. You take uh, pus from the sores of a cow and infect somebody with it and just watch them. Now we have a live experiment on our hands, right? Because it's the fast, fastest way to prove something or, you know, the, whatever you're trying to peddle without having to follow the scientific theory 
then they they publish all of their articles and have them all peer reviewed and they're all giving it their blessing. All the people that are bought and paid for. Yes. And it's all bullshit. And we saw that happen too, where there was a fraudulent article put out. And I'm thinking, you know, I I work with a lot of doctors that, that just, that didn't even rattle them. And I'm like, how do you still have faith in the CDC after the back and forth and the and all of the ridiculous things. I saw a funny meme the other day that said the CD said C said you can stop wearing socks with your sandals now. <laughs> so now everybody has permission. So please stop doing that. <laughs> well, and the thing is, like everything that they sell you, and it's like um, I like to liken it to Bill Gates and Microsoft, mm-hmm. where they sold you the operating system. Yes. Then they created a virus, and then they sold you the cure. And the government does the exact same fucking thing because listen to this. This is number four on the postulates. The same pathogen must be isolated from the experimentally infected individuals. Wow. What? And this is the the postulate theory that your government and your CDC operates on. This is how your quote germ theory operates Yep, where they tell you, Oh my God, there's this highly uh, pathogenic, really easily spreadable pandemic Mm-hmm. That's going around that we won't name because they'll remove me again. Um, <laughs> but everybody has to only take the vaccine because sunlight doesn't work. Hello, remove right. from Periscope. Um, vitamin C, that doesn't work. Hello, remove from Periscope. Yeah. Um, all of that stuff that is natural, homeopathic. Um, naturalistic healing protocol for patients. Um, even some of the medications that I personally don't agree with, because hence it's still a medication. Mm-hmm. However, um, it's very widely used and successful in treating a lot of different things. Um, but. Uh, All of these things were pushed aside, said you can't use it, deleting everybody from every social media account, even doctors who said these things are necessary for you to get better. Mm -hmm. Booted all these people off of social media and then come to find out from a lot of friends in nursing, uh, sunlight, vitamin C, zinc, all of that stuff was actually protocols yep. on the COVID units. Oh, I said that word. <laughs> I call it the Corvid. Yeah. <laughs> I don't so, know if that's too close. Um, on Corvid or Corbin, um, whatever the C word infection, mm-hmm. <clears throat> wink, 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 uh, word is, these are things that they have to sell you. They have to tell you uh, these natural things don't work because... They have to make money from their industry. Absolutely. And here's a truth bomb for you. 
There's something called the Rife Universal Microscope, which was Mm -hmm. developed in the late 30s. And this proved that germs or microorganisms are the result of the disease, not the cause. And although secondary symptoms are caused by their activity of being attracted to the disease and feeding on it, many researchers are on the hunt for the virus or that bacteria. Mm -hmm. Um, And they have determined that viruses can mimic human tissue when the truth is the virus is the human tissue. It's the dead decaying human tissue. It's all in how you look at what's really happening. So what, what we've seen and what they continue to do is they just like Louis Pasteur did, they slightly pervert a concept and then they take it as their own and pass it off. And, but it doesn't work because they have perverted it just enough to where it, it spins the lie. It takes the truth and makes it no longer true. And mm-hmm. then they want to bury the truth. And I, I kind of have a personal rule that if the government is telling me, do this, do this, do this, I purposely won't. Right. I just you won't. Do, do the complete opposite. Run uh-huh. the other way and yep. don't believe a word they're saying. And that's why, um, like I was asked on another podcast before, shout out to Dangerous World, love my boys over there. Um, but they asked me like about germ theory and stuff. And I'm like, eh, if you believe in that, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of actual doctors and actual scientists that will tell you it is complete and total horseshit. Yep. Um, I am of the same thing because I'm very a firm believer. And mind you, when I went to school, germ theory was the only thing that was taught. Right. None of this other stuff was in books. You have to research shit for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, okay, none of this makes any sense because mm, this discovery of these things causing human problems didn't come out until the Rockefellers and the Carnegie's took yes. over medical schools yep. and the pharmaceutical industry mm-hmm. um, and the AMA and, 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 and. Right. Um, and then we also have the same time, uh, like I said, the industrial revolution. I mentioned that earlier when they had really unsanitary, unsanitary conditions. Mm-hmm. And that's the same time that they changed the curriculum in medical school, locked up all these uh, naturalistic doctors, holistic mm-hmm. healers, things like that. Because they changed the law on them and then right. turned around and held them right. accountable for what they had always be- been doing. Right. And so they put them all in jail. They developed the vaccines because of the unsanitary conditions and whatnot. And that is when, during the Industrial Revolution back in that day, that is when we started dumping fluoride into the water systems. And I feel like it's all in an effort to keep us low, to keep us down, to keep us, you know, I mean, you can go quantum on this one and say to just to keep the vibration low because they know what happens at that point is disease sets in. So then they can apply their medications to all these sick people. And that's what just really gets me. So that I just am constantly working on keeping that vibration higher and always seeking ways to figure out how to raise the vibration. And I'm going to even up the ante on this a little bit. And I would adore having a deeper conversation on this because this gets really out there. But when I would even submit for your consideration that the existence of germs like bacteria 
only exist in the mind. And right. evil really only exists as far as the carnal mind allows it to. Right. And that that's a whole other topic and discussion. But I'll tell you what, when you really start to get into that side of things and see how powerful the human mind is, you know, there's people out there um, like Dr. Joe Dispenza. He is one of my absolute favorite authors. Um, he wrote a book called Becoming Supernatural. It is it is like eating a steak dinner reading that book because it is just so heavy with science and and just it fills me up. And what he has discovered is that just with the mind, people have been able to heal themselves. Amen. No medications, you know, Amen. just you know, and not even necessarily external sources like the music, although that helps. And um, essential oils are actually measured on a light spectrometer. So um, it's liquid light. That's what they literally are is liquid light. I also do light therapy. So different colors of light can heal right. people. But that is all based on wavelengths and, and vibrations. And truly, that is the thing you cannot you cannot debunk because vibrations never lie. They're either high or they're low. They heal or they don't. They're right. in syncopation or they are not or harmony or syncopation, you know? And so, um, that, that to me is where a lot of my niche is because I believe that the emotional root to all disease stems from something that we have to overcome in our own minds. Correct. And if you look back at where you came from in your life and all of the things that presented to you as challenges, for example, I grew up in a poverty mindset, um, and, and quite poor physically as well. Um, and so I, I grew up hearing, we don't have money for that. We can't afford that. Money mm -hmm. doesn't grow on trees, you know? Right. So one of the things that I have overcome is the mindset about money. And I am so much more abundantly mindset now that um, I know how to uh, make things manifest, right? right? You know, just by speaking it out. Right. And that is confidence. And that's understanding how this game of life works. It, it truly is just figuring out because it's not difficult and we shouldn't have to strive. But if your body has got a disease set in and you have the physical malady, you have to know that that mental state started so long ago that you were not in tune with your body enough to catch it then because you could have caught it. And that's what I want to try to help people with is understanding how to make your mindset change and be more supportive and positive so that your body never gets lower to the point where disease can set in. I mean, that's true, true primary care. And um, I heard on another podcast one time about how, about like third dimensional beings. And really, you know, we're in, we're 3D. We're kind of in the carnal state in our fleshly appearance. I call it our earth suit mm -hmm. uh, because it's what keeps our spirit breathing and functional on this planet. Um, that is third dimension, but I believe that we are spirits inside of our bodies and that's fourth dimension and that has control over the elements and, and we should know how to do stuff like that. And so, um, I know that might sound a little bit woo woo and definitely a topic for another time, but I believe that's really truly where we can create and, and solve a lot of this healthcare stuff. And we don't need any external tools to do that. We just need a strong mind. Correct. And I 100% agree with you. We are going to do a part two on this. Awesome. Um, because you and I could literally talk for um, 12 <laughs> hours. hours straight. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and uh, never run out of shit to talk about in this Absolutely. aspect. Because, you know, we agree on these things. And the weird thing is, you know, um, people are, are pulled towards you for a reason. Yeah. Um, and our show for doing this, like we did not 
discuss beliefs and stuff ahead of time. Nope. Um, so this is a natural, organic conversation about uh, how we both approach the healthcare um, of ourselves and our family members. It's super important. I know there's a lot of people out there that would like to have a lot more information. Uh, so these are things that I dig wholeheartedly. And we need to do a whole series on this. I'm just I would saying. love to. Oh my gosh. Anytime you name the time and place and I'll be there. Cause I've got so much information and I've got classes that I've taught before. And mm -hmm. I, I absolutely love sharing truth. Yep. Absolutely. So miss Shannon, my dear, it was a pleasure for you uh, to be on my show today or pleasure for me for you to be on my show today. I should say it's a, it's a pleasure for you to be here with me. No, no it was, no, it was, it was my honor to be on your show today. <laughs> I can't talk. It's one of those tongue tied days. Um, so anyway, where can they find you at? Um, anywhere on social media, I am at creative light 16. So creative light one six. So on Facebook, Instagram, um, I am currently creating a lot of content website and all of that to get, uh, the business shaped up. I'm going to launch it in a, in a really positive way here. So stay tuned for that. But, um, definitely you can find me on social media at creative light 16. So is that all one word? No hyphen, no space, Correct. no nothing. Yep. Okay. Fantastic. All lowercase and then a one six. Um, make sure that you check that out. Uh, sh like she said, she is working on um, being a, uh, what do you call it? Licensed Board practitioner? Board certified doctor of natural Board health. Certified. Board certified is important because if you look up natural healers, um, naturopathic medicine, anything like that, you will find very few that are board certified. So it is a big deal. Very proud of you. I'm so Thank excited you. you came on today. Um, shout it from the rooftops, girl, because amen and hallelujah for that. And anybody that wants to get a hold of her for uh, consultation, anything like that, please make sure that you do get in contact with her. Again, what is your social media? At Creative Light 16. Make sure that you check that out. Always good tips, information, and she can help put you on the path that you need to be on. So for me and for Shannon, thank you so much for joining us. And we will see you soon for part two. Have thank a good you one. so much.